Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the pastor here. I'm so grateful that you've joined us in worship today. There's a couple of things that you need uh, that will help you not only in this service, but in the week to come. If you have your bulletin, if you'll open it up to the panel just on the inside. Throughout the year, the program year especially, you'll see things that you can sign up for here. Our ice cream social is this afternoon. Uh, if you're wondering, should we go? Yes. Ice cream is delicious and there's all sorts of varieties. Um, Renessa is out of town today. Uh, we want to thank Bill Sherrill for leading our choir. Renessa is going to be leading the handbells. And you see in the panel an opportunity to hear more about that. It's no obligation. And uh, you'll have total fun with her and the group that is doing it. Uh, so I encourage you um, to please note that. And please note um, uh, Don's uh, letter in the panel about the offertory and its significance and connection with uh, his daughter that we've been um, praying for as she continues to recover. Uh, is doing well at Augusta Burn Center. Um, a couple of things that we want to note. A new newsletter is out. The print version is in the back of the sanctuary and the uh, digital version is on every email with a hyperlink. You can see our latest families that have joined. Uh, we had two more families join at 9 o'clock this morning and they're on the bottom. We've had 17 families join our church this year, which is um, just wonderful. Leanne is doing a great job um, connecting to those folks. And a word about uh, Leanna and things that are happening this week. Um, I'll be out of town uh, from Tuesday to Sunday in California for continuing ed. I'll be really slow to get back to you. If you have a pastoral care um, need, if you'll please uh, contact Leanna. Uh, the church office will help you if, you if you have any trouble with that. And also, with the majority of our staff out just before school starts, we're going to have very limited office hours this week from 9 to 11. You can call Leslie all you want, email her all you want, she'll write you right back. Um, but she has her children this week and uh, we figure they can be in the office for about two hours before they start getting um, squirrely. So if you have any questions about any of that, please let us know. Um, if we talk about passionate worship, um, Reese Hannon is preaching next Sunday uh, in both worship services. Reese is, uh, has grown up in the church his entire life. He's a recent graduate of Furman University, was the quarterback on the football team and is now uh, getting his MBA at Clemson. And um, Reese is gonna speak in both services. If you'll please let the Memorial family know uh, to come and support him. Um, and in terms of the uh, Family Life Center where we have nine o'clock worship, uh, Robbie Septon is our chair of trustees. He has a fun announcement about that space, uh, not only for worship, but uh, every event. Good morning. Gray, will you walk up with me for just a second? While Gray's walking up, I want to tell you about a project that he's been working on. Um, and if you haven't made it over to the gym this morning, I encourage you to do so. It looks a little bit different. Uh, Gray has been working on his Eagle Scout project this year. And he came to the trustee committee back earlier in the year and, and asked if we would grant approval for him to repair our much needed uh, bleachers that needed much repair and he has taken his resources uh, he's spoken to a lot of you in your Sunday school classes and, and he has raised the money to repair the bleachers in uh, in the gym and with it being a gym and being bleachers you think naturally about basketball games and you think about sporting events and that sort of thing 
But it was important for Gray when he came and talked to us to make sure that he also did something to enhance the worship space as well. Uh, we use that, that space on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock for worship. So you'll see six beautiful banners, five of which show our five fruit... Get it, Jeff? It's a fruitful congregations. I would have got there. It just would have been a little different order. But. You phone a friend. Yeah, there you go. And then the memorial logo as well. It came together really nicely. Um, it really is great work, and it's, a, it's an honor to, uh, to have him choose us for his Eagle Scout project. I asked him earlier, so I'm not going to put him on the spot now, if he had any words that he wanted to share. And uh, Gray's kind of a man of a few words, and he said it was a lot of hard work. So if you see him, just tell him thank you um, and congratulate him on, on a job well done on, on his Eagle Scout project. So I just wanted to take a minute to recognize him for, for all the work that he did and, and thank everyone that has generously donated towards the project. They did tell me this morning that it's been fully funded. So um, thank you for your generosity. and. Thank you, Gray, for all of your hard work. Thank you, Gray. If you'll please stand as you're able for our first hymn, number 189.
In this worship service, we affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed on page 881. You're welcome to join us and you're welcome to simply listen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Our first scripture reading for today is from the book of Psalm, chapter 146. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, my soul. I will praise the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. Do not put your trust in princes and human beings who cannot save. When their spirit departs, they return to the ground. On that very day, their plans come to nothing. Blessed are those who help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is the Lord their God. He is the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. He upholds the cause of the oppressed and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets pioneers free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner and sustains the fatherless and the widowed. But he frustrates the ways of the wicked. The Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God.
Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, as we continue today to read a letter written to a new church by its founder, a church trying to establish and live out its identity and gratitude to you. We ask you, Lord, to help us hear this story, to hear the struggle. And as we compare them with a joyful psalm, with a joyful anthem, of your work that's been done, your love that's been shared. As we hear all of these things in the midst of this service, help us hear, Lord, the struggle of humanity to recognize the joy of the Lord. The opportunity that we have with one another, several pieces in one part. Lead us this morning, Lord. Guide us this morning. Strengthen us, inspire us with the prayer your son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering. Again, I'll call you to look to the panel for the significance of this song that Don has composed. You can give as the plate goes by. You can give electronically with instructions in the bulletin. And if you're new or if you're a guest to our church, it's not our expectation that you give. You can rely on the generosity of our people.
Please be seated. Today we continue in a short series in 1 Corinthians with chapter 3 starting with verse 1. And you can find it on page 1774 in your pew Bible if you'd like to read along. 
I'll read different parts of it. So if you want to read along, if you'll keep your Bible open until the end of the sermon. Paul writes a church that is not celebrating. They're not united. They don't have a common goal. Every prayer that we've read, every song that we've sung, including hymns and the anthem, the scripture that we read in the psalm is all joyful and all thankful. It's rooted in the love and care of God. And when we're at our best, we live this way. We sing this way and we pray this way. The interesting part today is, is so often the case with music and word is the word is in contrast to that today. And I think it's important to see both equally. To start off, we're going to talk about puzzles. Now, I have, we have the CEP with um, eight-week-old children all the way up to 4K. And I walk through there periodically and um, interact with the kids periodically. We have chapel. And they want to show me the things that they've done, the things that they've drawn, the puzzles that they're working on. And their kind of puzzles have a um, big elephant, and they have a lion, and they have a tiger. And really, they're just putting the tiger where the tiger is supposed to be. Right? It's a big, one big piece that's a tiger. And sometimes when they're looking with that tiger, they really want it to be where the elephant is. And they try, and they try, and they try to put that tiger where the elephant goes until they either get so frustrated they quit, or we learn that this is where the tiger goes in this puzzle. There's only one place. Now, I've also visited um, beach houses. I've been to your homes. I've been different places where people have the kind of time to put together 500-piece, 750-piece, 1,000-piece puzzle. And the kind of broad view that you have to have, the size table that you have to have, the spreading it out and seeing the different patterns and finding the borders and finding the, um, uh, all the edges around and things that are common, even built inside it before they connect. It's such a time-consuming thing. It's a, it's a joyful time-consuming thing. But again, there's only one place each of those thousand pieces can go and it can get very frustrating if you can't find the one or if you've lost the one, if it's not there, if you're at a beach house and you've put that work in. We're going to talk about puzzle pieces today, places where people go and the significance of their belief in God in being placed in that position. 1 Corinthians 3, starting with verse 1 on page 1774. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as spiritual but as worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. See, it's kind of harsh. If I were in one of our administrative meetings or one of our worship meetings or was speaking to you today and said, look, y'all aren't mature enough to get it like I get it. If I were to say to you, you are mere infants in trying to understand the thing that I'm telling you today. If I said that in administrative council to people who have been here 
for life. Served here 40, 50, 60 years. People have been very successful in business out in the world and uh, uh, all sorts of connections to this church as well. If I said, you are mere infants, what would the response be? Worse yet, what if I wrote that? Of course, he wrote him a letter. What if I wrote an email to the leadership of the administrative council or to the spiritual life council and said, look, we had a debate. Y'all were fighting about it. You're really just mere infants. I can't give you solid food yet because you can't handle it. What kind of responses might there be? What might someone write back to me? And of course, in the sense of an email, you can hit reply all. You can send it back to the 25 people and share every way that you feel about what was said. So you can tell there's anger in there. There's bitterness. And that bitterness is on his part of their failure to be able to rise above the normal human stuff that happens to them in every other part of their life. And that's your next blank. Failing again. He said, I couldn't address you when I was first there, when I was in person. Because you were struggling to understand because you're not mature enough to get it. But since I've told you, you still haven't gotten it. Now, when you try something and you fail, of course, there's various ways that you do that. There's not putting much effort or heart into it, not putting much study or preparation into it, and you just fail and you go, well, I'm really just glad that's over. And then there's pouring your time, pouring your heart, pouring your education into a thing, whether it be work, whether it be school, whether it be relationship, you've put everything you have into it. And you have failed. Now there's doing that once and then there's failing again. When you fail again at something, a couple of things start to happen. One, anger seeps in. Especially as an organization, if you're failing at something in particular, people start to get angry and they start to unleash that anger on different people. Now anger is truly what? What's, what's the root under the anger that feeds it all day long? Um, the, the common theory is sadness. If you think about the times you've been truly angry and you've truly lashed out at someone and you review, was I really actually sad about that thing? Was I really brokenhearted about that thing? You might be surprised more often than not it's actually sadness. Now when that anger seeps in for failure and you start to lash out at one another, there's another thing that starts to seep in. Doubt. Can we ever do this again? Should I ever try this again? And if you have a um, community like ours that's been here for many, many decades and you have failure, you can rely on your history to know there's been times in the past in which we've had great success. We will again. We just need the right components. But if you're a new faith community, without any history at all, and I've been there, and you experience failure, you start to think, we may not pull out of this. Our church may not make it out of this. And as they're experiencing that anger, that bitterness, that failure, Paul writes them and says, you're just infants. Wouldn't that be hard to read? 
Wouldn't that be hard to hear if you were a participant? We all came to worship and the founding pastor of this church wrote us a letter and then I, as the current pastor, read it to everyone. Wouldn't that be hard? But that's exactly what's going on. And now both sides are heartbroken. Verse 4 is a theme that we've read throughout this series where there is division on who the leader is. Is it the founding person? Is it the current person? Is it someone else that we think should be the current person? That pain you'll hear in verse 4 and beyond. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere humans? What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. Now that's one of the most famous lines in all of Scripture. Definitely in the New Testament. Suggesting that people come along, we're only here for a period of time, and that we each can only carry a certain part of it based on our time limitations. And someone else has to pick up where we left off. You've been in relationships, you've been in work, you've been in your home, your previous owner, previous owner of a car, whomever, where they took tremendous care and just handed you this amazing thing. That's happened to you before. You've been in situations where someone did not take any care at all and handed it to you and you had a total mess on your hands. He says, I planted the seed, Apollos has watered it, but there's something else that's much, much deeper than either of us. He said, you're acting as if, and that's your next line, your next um, fill in the blank, acting like blank. Now, you've been scolded before. You have scolded people, likely before. And you've said you're acting like something. And that could be any number of things that go in that blank. But most of the time, whatever that word is, whether it's a chaperone telling high school students, whether it's a coach telling players, whether it's a parent telling children in the back of the van as you're going down I-95 going 80 miles an hour, you are telling them you have forgotten everything we ever talked about, everything we believe, you've abandoned it, and you are acting selfishly for yourselves. You've been there, right? You may have said it. You may have heard it. If you're like me, you've both heard it and said it in various contexts. They're acting, he says, as if they forgot the significance of the Spirit. And that's the deep undercurrent beyond Paul, beyond Apollos, between, beyond any of them. He says, you've forgotten the Spirit. And what has that Spirit done? Well, if you go back here. You talk about a formless void. The earth was formless. And the Spirit went over those dark waters and began creation. If you go about here, you're talking about the Jewish people trying to escape Egypt, 
totally broken, totally scared, pinned in by water, mountains, and here comes Pharaoh's army, the baddest in the land, to come kill us all. And the Spirit divides that water. Now, those two stories would be deeply ingrained in the people in this church who came from the Jewish church to this one. But the people who came to this Corinthian church that never had anything to do with the Jewish church, they don't know that stuff. They very well could have been worshiping agriculture last week. Last week, these people in the Corinthian church could have been worshiping the sun and the moon. They could have been worshiping wolves. Any number of things, but now they're in this faith community. They don't know this stuff. But you know what they likely know? The reason this church expanded dramatically, but lost my place, is here. In Acts, in the very beginning, people have gathered in Jerusalem. They have very different languages. They're from very different places. And how do you typically behave around different people with different languages from different places? We're sort of scared of them, aren't we? We're sort of intimidated by them. But on the Pentecost, when they're already there celebrating something amazing, the Holy Spirit comes and it says fire rested on their tongues and they were able to speak to one another and communicate the greatest difficulty in human history. Can we communicate with one another? Paul writes the Corinthian people and he says, you've forgotten the power of the Holy Spirit amongst you. The power and significance of this undercurrent that if you tap into it and if you step aside from the thing that you want, you can do truly amazing things. Verse 7 says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And this is where it sort of comes around. Started off in uh, kind of a harsh language trying to get their attention. But then it says, you, you, who failed before, who failed the time before that, who are struggling and fighting with each other, you, are God's people. It's like, the scripture, it's like the words that we read for Holy Communion in which we acknowledge our brokenness, yet acknowledge God's forgiveness amongst us. That power of the Holy Spirit with us, leading us. So that's um, uh, your next fill in the blank, working together. This week we went to a party. I went with Katie to a party held by her principal at League for all the staff at Lead Academy. It's a um, middle school in North Maine. She's an assistant librarian there. And we talked with a number of people. Um, it's strange to not be the um, something like this where I know every single person. I walked in the door cold, not knowing anybody. But uh, uh, was magnetically drawn to a man um, and his wife. His wife was new at League. This man was responsible, was the director of the Fine Arts Center there attached to Wade Hampton from the 1980s until about 10 years ago. Less than that, five years ago. And our children have gone there since the fourth grade. 
So every Tuesday and Thursday for the last five years, I pulled around that drive to the Fine Arts Center and dropped them off, and I pulled around that drive and picked them up, and we go home. I don't think about it again. I said, when did they build the building to him? He said, in the early 2000s. I said, where were you before? Over by Legacy Charter High School, or school, where it is now. I said, what was it like to plan to build that building? And he went, oh. I said, how much time went into the preparation of building that? And he described it. He described the architect who worked with the teachers, what each teacher needed in each classroom, whether it was art or vocal or drawing or whatever, and the architect working back and forth for years as they talked about how the money was going to be allotted and whether they could build it. I said, what highs and lows did you have? And he described them. And of course, he's just hanging out at this party. And all of a sudden, I'm asking him deep detail about the last 15 years. And it's because I love that stuff. That stuff of creating an environment, working behind the scenes to create something where people are going to come and be changed, be blessed, and knowing all the details that it took. Now, he described all of that. I'll never pull up to the Fine Arts Center again without thinking the words that he described. Now, if we looked around this campus and we considered all the buildings that built in the 30s, built in the 50s, built in the 70s, built in the 90s, bought that house, bought that house, bought that house, made the parking lot, bought this house, bought this house, bought this house. All the people that poured their hearts into making this space that we come and simply worship. It's just unbelievable. And the burden that we now carry to prepare for future years, for future people to come. Now, how much can you do of that if you're just eat up with drama and selfishness? It's tough, isn't it? When human beings feel like uh, something's not going their way and they lash out, that is one of the most draining things to any organization. Now, let me be clear. Some people have asked me, as I've read these First Corinthians texts these weeks, they've said, is everything going all right? <laughs> so the texts are about broken-hearted bitterness of people. And in fact, they are. I'm, I've never been happier. Never made more progress, but I think it's still important to read the text and see what human beings are capable of if they get sideways. The question you've got to ask yourself, the final question in the final blank is, can I be a puzzle piece? Now, there's several answers to that. As we look at leadership for next year, which is what we're doing for the next two months, you might say to yourself, I'm done being in the puzzle. I get it. There's times when you just work and work and work and work and your particular schedule does not allow it. Or... There's times when you just don't have it, whether it be fatigue or sadness or anger. Then there's another level of like, yes, I want to be a puzzle piece, but I am what I am. I'm doing what I'm doing. If you can fit me into the puzzle, great. If not, so be it. What he's saying, Paul, to these people in Corinth as they build this church is just as relevant to us today. He says, are you willing to understand that you have a limited window of time 
that you have a limited scope in which you serve, that you have limited skills, limited patience, limited knowledge, that you might not, in fact, be the greatest human that has ever walked this earth. However, you have something special as part of this puzzle, especially if you understand that it's the Holy Spirit that guides us in every place that we go, if we're willing. If we're willing to understand, if we're willing to tap into it, if we're willing to pray for it, then we, be, then we can be part of that puzzle. If we think, well, you know, this is the thing I want. If we're not doing it, then, um, yeah. then we're just not ready for it. We're the same as those people in Corinth. I'll say the same thing as I said last week. Is it um, discouraging that human beings struggle with the same thing in the first church as they do in 2018? Yes, at times it very well can be. Ministers struggle with it. Staff struggle with it. Um, parishioners struggle with it. Communities struggle with it. But more important than that is the Holy Spirit has weaved through every part of that struggle, every part of that brokenness, relentlessly to say you are God's people. You, in your struggle, with your frailness, with your ignorance, with your anger, with your sadness, bitterness, are part of the puzzle if you'll simply accept. So that's what you got to ask yourself. We got special fun things going on here. More amazing things to come. And what you got to ask yourself is, am I going to be a puzzle piece? And if so, what kind? How willing am I to serve, to participate, to understand the Holy Spirit's call on my life? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand and join me as you're able for our final hymn, number 361.
Bailey and Nancy for helping us um, with your amazing gifts today. I don't um, often like to repeat myself, but I just want to be very clear with you about this week. Um, the office is going to be open from 9 to 11, and Leslie will return your call as soon as possible. I'll be slow to return your call, and if you have any pastoral care needs, if you'll please contact Leanna, and she will make sure um, one of our retired pastors uh, follows up with you or visits with you. We have a news newsletter today, and I'll hand it out to you as you come out if you want a paper copy. Go in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen.